Hello, Assalamu alaikum everybody. Hope you're all safe, sound and healthy. And yes, there is a lot of talk about, you know, um, Modi and the false flag operation of India, which is what India is very famous for. Uh, if we remember the Mumbai attacks uh, in which they tried to blame Pakistan, they even got one of their own agents, a raw agent, to act as a Pakistani. And, you know, and obviously because Nawaz Sharif was working with India, he still is working with India. I mean, he is a traitor of Pakistan. India has said it openly that they have invested in the man so he worked with them and uh, you know to agree and accept that yes yes this is this is one of our people and obviously later on with a lot of evidence it was proved that Kasab well as I've said even before in my very very earlier podcast and in one of my interviews um, Kasab is not even a name you would find in Pakistan. Um, this is a name that Pakistanis heard for the first time in their life. This, these kind of names you will find in Indian amongst Indian Muslims, but you will never find it amongst Pakistani Muslims. So Pakistanis were a bit um, curious as well, and they were wondering what kind of a name is Kasab and what is it. And so everybody started researching on the name. So that alone can tell you that he was not a Pakistani. Um, number two, as we know, um, there was evidence of how he was removed quietly and uh, put into a safe house by the Indian intelligence um, even though they said that they had uh, imprisoned him and that they were going to hang him and blah de blah that he's alive and he's safe and well um, and he's uh, living under a different identity uh, but obviously you can't change the face of the person so people have recognized him and then uh, also, you know, when Nawaz Sharif worked with India again, when he went to India um, to attend uh, some ceremonies of Modi's and then Modi came here to attend some ceremonies of uh, Nawaz Sharif. And, you know, they both uh, talked very openly about breaking down Pakistan and about keeping Kashmir with India and allowing India to exert and coerce uh, its uh, illegal hold over uh, over occupied Kashmir so I mean all of that was uh, I think more than enough for the whole world to know who, what is what and who is who plus see there's a reason why we refer to India as Pakistan's ugly sister um, politically speaking I would always refer to India as Pakistani's uh, Pakistan's ugly sister because as I've said in my previous podcast India is filled with some weird uh, inferiority complex God knows why it is bigger than Pakistan um, it has a larger population than Pakistan um, it has uh, not allowed its uh, Western allies to uh, you know hamper its growth in fact it it has used its Western allies to make it into a global market, and now it is it it actually um, you know turns against those very Western allies whenever it, it they try to dictate India. So India is not the kind of country like Pakistan where they will say, "Oh yeah, master, yeah, master, you made us a global market, so obviously we're going." No, India is the kind of the backstabber sort of thing, which is actually very good. I think it's very good. Every country should be back a backstabber when it comes to serving the interests of their own nation. So India was like, you know, who cares that you were behind us being a powerhouse? Who cares that you were behind us being a giant global market? Um, what what actually factors into it is that we are a powerhouse and we are a giant global market. So you have to listen to us and we don't have to listen to you. So India it has always looked after its own interests unlike Pakistan but where India falls short is how India still lives in that um, you know ugly sister complex where it is 
always um yeah that was a dog barking in the background so it has uh, always uh, resorted to using pakistan for its elections you will notice that pakistan never talks about india whenever it's election time pakistan is always addressing issues within pakistan or issues about foreign interference um, at the most actually they don't even discuss that to be honest i think the only person who had the guts and the balls to discuss the issues of um, kashmir and the issues of american interference was imran khan and um but in pakistani elections you will hardly ever hear the name india pakistan has problems of its own it doesn't have time for india india it seems has a lot of time for pakistan because every time um there is an election uh you know uh, coming up um the indian government it's not just modi you know uh, every single government in their own turn have done it so this is a pattern this is something that everybody knows every single time there it's election year in india the first thing that they do is they attack pakistan and then they make claims of how pakistan has attacked india and then they um basically uh, start attacking kashmir even more intensely although modi has been constantly attacking kashmir since he's become prime minister um and he's here you can say modi is actually serving israel and america instead of serving india's own interests um where he is trying to serve uh, kashmir on a platter to america and israel to use for their resorts uh, alleged resorts will actually is just to use as their base camp so that they can uh, you know wage war against china so basically right now they've done it again they just created this false flag operation they blamed pakistan very neatly for it and they tried to create a hullabaloo but actually this time their own people were so sick and tired of it um that in their own media they were criticized by their own journalist for the first time because indian media is actually not free never was free it's always heavily censored and every single news is um completely uh dictated so every narrative is dictated so um it was strange that in, in but in india because there's so much dissent against modi and against his anti muslim uh fanaticism the terrorism that that occurs in india the state terrorism it is making uh people concerned because obviously it, it will only lead down to a breakdown in india um and india can end up being divided as remember india was never one country it was made one by the muslims by the moguls and as soon as the brits took over um they managed to somehow uh continue with that but they couldn't uh keep for long and as soon as uh the brits left as we can see the subcontinent broke into three different countries so you know that in itself should tell you uh, the, the the position of india so basically modi is trying to again use pakistan as a leverage um for him to win the elections but i don't know if it's going to help him or not because as i said um his own um uh, senators or parliamentarians the journalists they are not welcoming it so they're not uh, actually falling in line with his idea this time um so let's see what happens but yeah, but pakistan as we know is right now uh, directly under the grip of the us and 
um although chief justice bandial which according to people you know which i don't even know why they keep on saying that he just you know threw a bomb onto pdm and he threw a bomb on on uh, the army and on uh, the establishment before going but i don't exactly consider it a bomb when uh, when uh, a chief justice right before his retirement um you know uh, declares uh, the nab bill uh, as invalid and void and re- re- you know and he retrieves it back to the original form which is that nab was supposed to hold any and every political party or anybody in the government uh be it the army be it uh, a, a, a a political member or be it a, any civil servant anybody who has any corruption charges on him has to be investigated so regardless of their position even an incumbent prime minister but the thing is um that nab has never really done it properly um nab has always just maneuvered or been maneuvered by the establishment or by nawashri's party or by zardari's party um for political revenge or political manipulation so it's never been you know a uh, 100% um you know uh accountability or you know uh investigation on corruption so it's it's always been used for political motivations uh so at because of that you know justice bandial yes he did uh re, you know he did sort of refute the illegal act or bill that the illegal government of shahbaz sharif the pdm government tried to pass um he has said that no it should be reverted back to its original state nab should be allowed to uh investigate corruption cases that's fine that the problem here is he as we know every single uh decision or order by the supreme court has not been implemented or listened to or even taken seriously by the current state managers and that is because they are all illegal and they're all right now committing treason so number 1 what makes everybody think that this too will be implemented number 2 um he has now gone after reopening everything he has gone and now the person who has come in his stead is the same person who they were trying to use against uh, chief justice bandial and against imran khan this is a very biased a very politically connected chief justice um this is faiz isa who has no um you can say um he doesn't have any um reliability rate when it comes to you know i mean the citizens of pakistan they cannot trust him they do not trust him um nobody in their right mind can trust him so the first thing that comes to mind is that as soon as he comes i mean who says that he will actually implement the previous uh, chief justice uh, bandial's um, you know his decision you know how will will he actually implement it or will he again refute it or overturn it what will he do you know or will he just let it you know pass by and you know have a no comment sort of a thing and turn a blind eye to it and say okay fine it's there let it just remain there but i'm not going to actively do anything about it so all the cases that were reopened because of this decision by bandial by chief justice bandial all those cases against him uh, against uh, nawaz sharif against zardari against their party members 
against their children, um, all those cases are reopened. But again, who's going to, you know, actually work on them? We don't know because they've been open for so long and still nothing was done. So, you know, we don't know what's going on. Um, at the And we don't even expect anything to happen. I mean, that is so, I would not call it a bomb. I would just call it, you know, that he just, you know, went about his own merry way and just probably so that he could sleep better at night because he knows that he's the cause of all of this. The Supreme Court is the cause of Pakistan's condition today. The state in which Pakistan is today is all because of the Supreme Court. And if he thinks that he could ease his guilt by making this decision, then he's wrong. Because the damage that has been done by the Supreme Court to this country, the damage that has allowed traitors to take over this country and to hand it over neatly to America and to allow foreign interference, like the US ambassador coming and meeting the election commissioner and dictating terms as to when the elections should take place or that the elections should not take place at all this year, the fact that America just gave them billions of dollars again or millions of dollars again and all that was used to make payments to their own again members, their own political party members, to the army uh, chief, to the establishment, to some of the judges. I mean, who knows how many people they've paid off you know, before leaving the country. And as I predicted before, that they will just come here, they'll do damage, and then they'll all run away. And that's exactly what happened. The whole Sharif family is out of the country now. Maryam Nawaz also just did a runner, and she got four trunks, trunks the size of coffins, as in they're that big, and they're so deep. So um, she took with her four trunks as she just fled the country. So tell me, who's going to catch her? Even if the cases are all open, they're abroad like they were before and because they were abroad and because Britain is actually giving them refuge because obviously they are Britain's minions, they're British spies, they're the double agents. So, you know, why will Britain hand them over to us? You know, and then plus, if Britain hands them over to us, that means all that money that they've stolen from Pakistan, which has been invested in the British economy, if it comes back to Pakistan, then Britain will use uh, will lose millions and millions in pounds. You know, that would be a huge loss for the British state. So, I mean, there are all these factors that you have to, you know, put in, which I'm bring, which I'm sort of laying them out in layman terms to make it easy for anybody and everybody to understand. I'm not going to use hi-fi words. I'm not going to use legal terms. I'm not going to talk about political, uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to use political terms. I'm just going to lay it out as simple as possible so that anybody and everybody can understand what exactly is going on. Plus, you know, as I said, um, I'm not, I'm, the news is something that is out there. You can get the news from the social media. You can get the news um, from alternative media. Um, people like me, we basically analyze and comment on these uh, topics. We don't actually give you the whole news in detail. So I'm sorry that if you find, if you feel you're uh, confused about the whole situation, if you go through my previous podcast, you will have a better understanding of the whole situation, which I've been summarizing throughout. So the end conclusion is that I don't see any movement. Um, I don't see, uh, I, all I see is the whatever we expected to happen is happening. The chief uh, uh, of army staff, Asim Munir, who was not supposed to be the chief of army staff, by the way. Um, and again, you know, his, his position in itself is questionable. So he he is now going around creating terrorism all over the country in certain 
parts of the country just so that you know he can um, sort of steer the country towards dictatorship so he is going to pretend to clean up everything and obviously our caretaker prime minister he has corruption charges um, against him both he and his son and uh, because of uh, justice bandial's uh, you know um, refuting the current nab bill and putting it back in its original state allowing nab to investigate and reopen all these cases that means that the case against the current caretaker prime minister is also open legally speaking and constitutionally speaking so you know this caretaker prime minister um who has been brought in by the army because he has worked with the army in counter terrorism imagine counter terrorism so that in itself is a giveaway you know so they're bringing one of their own so that they can continue um initiating terrorist incidents all over pakistan and then pretending to kill those terrorists pretending to clean up those areas but you know it's not going to work this time they can see it themselves it didn't work when they created that false flag situation um in 9th may and by the way um what happened to jinnah you know they were all screaming about jinnah house jinnah house they attacked jinnah house but tell me when it was actually jinnah day on 11th september um did any one of them talk about jinnah did any one of them make a speech about how jinnah founded pakistan on how he and his sister worked day and night with other women and men to form pakistan and how a uh, women had a huge role in the making of pakistan and in the developing of pakistan and the fact that the army right now under american orders is trying to suppress the women of pakistan because like how in america women have superficial rights but no real rights that is why you've never even had a female president but pakistan which has enjoyed um the normalcy of having a female prime minister not once but twice um so that that pakistan in which women were extremely um active in uh the development of the country that pakistan they want that the women should be suppressed and that and that is why the uh, army has been trying to suppress especially educated women from middle class and higher middle class in the elite circles and there you have it So I mean, imagine something that even Zayal Haq never did to Pakistan. Uh, even in Zayal Haq's time, nothing of the sort was done. It this shows this this shows how far they have actually gone. As I said, the reason why they exposed themselves and they aired the dirty laundry and the reason why they showed themselves up as traitors is because to them it was a done deal. They thought that everything is done and now they just had to commit the final act of handing over Pakistan to the U.S. but things went awry imran khan made things go awry the public made things go awry um so now they just don't know how to handle it america doesn't know how to handle it england doesn't know how to handle it and obviously their minions over here now are waiting for orders from their masters because they don't know how to handle it and so they're thinking that okay let's just transition the country towards dictatorship you know but the people are not accepting it you see unlike before where the people were like okay yeah you know do whatever you care you whatever you want who gives a rat's ass but now actually people do give a rat's ass and people are extremely against the establishment and the army they're openly calling them out which is something they've never done in history and this is this has really scared them shitless and that is why they are actually again behind closed doors trying 
to make a deal with Imran Khan, trying to, they're literally begging him while on the outside they're pretending as if they have everything in control, but actually they are not in control and they are begging for Imran Khan to negotiate with them, which he is not doing. So this is all that we have right now. So yeah, I don't see any bomb dropping and I don't see um, any real change. As I said before, I do not believe in anything until I actually see it happen in front of me. You know, I will not believe about any good news regarding Imran Khan until I actually see him come out. I'm not going to listen to anybody talking about how Imran Riaz Khan is going to be let out until I actually see him out. I'm not going to listen to anyone talking about uh, Justice Bandial uh, dropping bombs until I actually see that bomb explode. So, yeah, and I'm not going to waste my time on traitors and uh, pimps and prostitutes that are um, essentially the kind of people that the British and the Americans look for um, to place uh, in the role of leadership in other countries that they call allies. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, I'm actually happy with India when it, the way it backstabs its Western allies um, after using them um, both on the cricket uh, venue as well as in the political and geographical and uh, trade uh, arenas. So um, I don't mind them backstabbing them, but I can tell you that I stopped watching cricket uh, when it became politicized. And it was Australia and Britain who worked with India to politicize it. I don't watch sports that are politicized, it's as simple as that. So I don't watch, I don't, uh, watch the cricket and I don't watch um, I, I have no interest in it anymore. So similarly, I'm not at all interested in India's um, antics where it still is in such a fragile position uh, and it is in such a stepsister mode, it is in such an inferiority complex that it still needs Pakistan in order to win its elections. I find it highly pathetic. So I'm going to end it with this and yeah, it's finally raining. I know people would argue that it's been raining for a couple of days now in Lahore, but as always, it's been raining everywhere around here, but exactly here where I live, um, except for literally um, a few drops, which is more like the clouds suddenly heaving and then hoeing back. So yeah, today it's actually raining and the weather's gotten a little better, but it depends on how it rains and how long it rains and what kind it continues to rain because that all, you know, factors in with the humidity levels that come afterwards. And so yeah, this is me um, signing out. Khuda Hafiz.